0: We are back with Express Line 4. It's been a while since I last checked in. We took Labor Day off. I'm currently recording with new technology in the middle of a hurricane. Oh, and COVID-19 is still a thing. It is 2020, no doubt about it. And I am Ryan Walker. This is the Ryan Express, and we have a lot to talk about. Let's go. 242nd Street approaching the station. Please stand away from the platform edge. This is Express Line 4, a recap of Major League Baseball from Thursday, August 20th, through Tuesday, September 15th. Let's get started. And once again, we start with our traditional COVID-19 timeline, and frankly, not much has happened. Two members of the New York Mets tested positive, postponing the Subway Series late in August, and on August 30th, a member of the Oakland Athletics tested positive, postponing one game versus Houston and two games versus Seattle. But September so far has been coronavirus-free for Major League Baseball. Great news for the league. This, however, does not mean that Major League Baseball hasn't had any postponed games. On August 27th, a cluster of teams decided not to play to protest racial injustice. Seven games were postponed, primarily driven by 11 teams. The Marlins, Mets, Twins, Tigers, Athletics, Red Sox, Phillies, Nationals, Rockies, Rays, and Orioles. The idea behind the refusal to play originated in the NBA bubble in Orlando, where the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Lakers threatened to quit the rest of the season. Every game since August 27th has been made up in Major League Baseball. On the diamond, the most notable achievements of the past month have to go to Lucas Giolito and Alex Mills. On August 25th, the White Sox hosted the Pirates and Lucas Giolito threw his first no-hitter. Giolito struck out 13 hitters and walked 1 on 101 pitches. The White Sox won the game 4 to nothing. On the North Side, Alec Mills also threw a no-hitter. His came on Sunday, September 13th in Milwaukee. Mills struck out 5 hitters and walked 3 on 114 pitches. The Cubs won very big, 12 to nothing on only 10 hits. Mills, a former college walk-on at UT Martin, has had a long, bumpy road to this accomplishment. Congratulations to both Lucas Giolito and Alec Mills on your first no-hitters. Speaking of the White Sox, Chicago currently holds the top seed in the American League at 32-16. and Despite this fact, the White Sox hold the smallest division lead in the American League Central, over the Twins at 30-20 and 20 and the Indians at 26-22. and 22. The White Sox, however, have not played well against their top contenders. Chicago has yet to win a series versus Cleveland, and they are 4-4 four four versus Minnesota overall. They still have two games versus the Twins left and four games versus the Indians left until the season concludes. Despite the contests at the top of the division, The White Sox, the Twins, and the Indians all hold safe playoff bids for now. The White Sox in the first seed, the Twins in the fourth seed, and the Indians in the last seed in eighth. The Indians currently hold a four-game lead over the Mariners for that last playoff bid spot. Speaking of the playoffs, Major League Baseball announced the details regarding the playoffs on Tuesday the 15th. Each first-round best-of-three series will be held at the Park of the Higher Seeds. The NLDS will be held at Globe Life Field and at Minute Maid Park, home of the Texas Rangers and Houston Astros, respectively. The NLCS and the World Series will also take place at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Petco Park, home of the Padres, will host the ALDS and the ALCS, and the other ALDS will be held at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. A full bracket with labeled seeds and locations of matchups can be found on MLB.com. The trade deadline on August 31st gathered plenty of news. Let's hit the big ones really quickly. Toronto acquired starter Ross Stripling from the Dodgers for two players to be named later, The Rockies picked up Kevin Pillar from the Red Sox for some international slot money. The Cubs most notably added Andrew Schaafen from the Diamondbacks and Cameron Maben from Detroit. Oakland picked up Mike Miner from their arch-rival Rangers for a player to be named later. The most active team at the trade deadline was undoubtedly the San Diego Padres, who acquired Mike Clevenger from Cleveland for three big leaguers and three top 15 prospects. This deal was the real blockbuster of the deadline, but the Padres also added Austin Nola from Seattle, Jason Castro from the Angels, Mitch Moreland from the Red Sox, and Trevor Rosenthal from the Royals, all before the trade deadline this year. Arizona was likely the biggest seller, as they sold Archie Bradley to Cincinnati, Robbie Ray to Toronto, or uh, Buffalo, and Starling Marte to Miami. The Marlins bought Marte, but sold Jonathan VR to the Blue Jays, threading the needle as both a buyer and a seller here in 2020. The most notable expected move that did not happen was the trade of Lance Lynn, to a contender the texas rangers holding on to lance lynn as one of the top pitchers in the american league were expected to make a big deal as they usually do at the trade deadline however the deal did not come the dodgers showed interest but at the end of the day the rangers held on to lance lynn and joey gallo they only dealt mike minor to oakland robinson Torinos to new york and todd frazier to new york so now that we know who is on which team, let's get back into those playoff races. Looking at the National League East, three teams also hold a playoff spot similar to the American League Central. Despite losing the most recent series to Miami, Atlanta still holds a comfortable three-and-a-half game lead in the NL East. Despite losing Mike Soroka permanently and Max Freed temporarily, the Braves have gone 6-4 and four in their last 10, and Cole Hamels will make his first start for Atlanta tonight. The Braves' closest competition, the Miami Marlins, have now replenished most of their COVID-19 losses from early in the season. After slipping behind the Phillies in early September, the Fish won five of a crucial seven-game series versus Philadelphia and now sit in second place in the NL East, fifth seed in the postseason on the National League side overall. Also in the National League, the Cubs sit comfortably at four and a half games up in the National League Central. As the worst division in Major League Baseball, the Cardinals, Brewers, and Reds' best shot of making the postseason rides on finishing second in the division. At this point, only two games separate the three teams. And in the West, despite the Padres' all-or-nothing mentality, the Dodgers still reign. The Padres are in striking distance at three and a half games back, but the Dodgers have become the first team to clinch a playoff spot with 35 wins. The Giants, while 10.5 back of the Dodgers, hold the last National League wildcard spot just over the Reds, Rockies, and Brewers. In the American League, we've already talked about the American League Central, but let's talk about the American League West. Oakland looks like a lock for a division crown. Six games up of Houston, it looks like the Oakland Athletics will be claiming the American League West division crown very soon. Houston, only sitting at 500, continues to suffer from injuries and sits in the sixth seed in the American League postseason. Houston was greeted in Los Angeles by fans banging trash cans and cursing towards their team buses. Houston ended up going 1-3 versus the Dodgers this season, avoiding the season's sweep with a two-run win on September 12th. However, although Oakland is safe in the American League West, the Houston Astros are not necessarily safe. The Seattle Mariners are only two games back of the Astros, and the Mariners and Astros still have a three-game series left to play. While the Rangers were the top contender for the Astros for the first half of the season, the Rangers have fallen to 17-31, and 31, the worst team in the American League. The Mariners are four games down of the Cleveland Indians for the last spot in the American League postseason bracket, But they are only two games out of Houston, which makes their best chance of making the postseason, catching Houston, especially in that crucial three-game series coming up next week. And lastly, in the AL East, Tampa Bay still holds a -a three-and-a-half game lead despite going four and six in their last ten, all against losing teams. The Rays have been sitting back watching the Yankees struggle as the Blue Jays overtook them for the second slot in the AL East momentarily. Since then, the Yankees have recovered and now hold a a half-a-game lead over Toronto for that spot. Both teams are expected to make the postseason. One of the two teams will get the second spot in the division. The other one will get one of the two wild cards. It would take a pretty significant choke at this point for one of those teams not to make the playoffs. Alright, so we have a lot to talk about and not as much time to do it as usual, so we will go in chronological order here and first start off talking about the trade deadline. The winners, the losers, who should have made a move, who didn't make enough moves, and when you talk about this year's trade deadline, you have to start talking about the San Diego Padres, who made what seemed like an infinite number of moves they were just acquiring anyone and everyone that they could get and that's exactly what they did. They got the biggest trade of the deadline, Mike Clevenger from Cleveland. A lot of people speculated that he was going to get traded. I think the Indians got a great haul. The Indians are big winners on this trade because they got three big leaguers and three top prospects from San Diego for a guy that their own teammates did not want to play with only a few weeks ago. So, big, big win for Cleveland. Although a lot of people thought they got screwed on that one, they really didn't. Cleveland's in great shape after this move. They have a good farm system that is going to come up and make a turnaround much better. And, oh, by the way, they're probably still going to make the playoffs. In the American League, we pretty much have our eight teams, and Cleveland is one of them at this point. So, I feel really good about Cleveland winning the trade deadline. The Padres, on the other hand, you don't really know if they won or not until the postseason is over, until you get to November and you figure out who's hoisting the trophy at the end of it because the Padres are all in on this year and next year, really, but they are all in on 2020. They made that statement loud and clear with this deadline, and I'm not sure how it's going to pay off for them. The Dodgers continue to give them issues when they meet head-to-head, can the Padres get a road to the World Series that does not include the Dodgers? We will see how it all plays out, but I think at least I can safely say now that the Indians were winners of that trade. Another big winner of the trade, Oakland, the team that knows how to trade. And picking up Mike Minor is the most Oakland Athletics move ever. They picked up a guy who led American League pitchers in war last year, but this year has had his velocity decline, his ERA inflate, so they really just played the market and the timing and got a guy who is honestly a great pitcher, who's probably on the older side, but a great pitcher nevertheless. They got him at a low price, a player that has not been named yet, and honestly, Oakland is in a great position right now to compete to go to the World Series. And I'm starting to feel more and more that Oakland has a really good shot to go to the World Series, perhaps a better shot than the White Sox or the Rays, but I feel like one of those three teams are the big contenders right now. Oakland, at least now, has a veteran pitcher who's been there, who's done that, and they have a guy that they can point to and say, Look to him as a role model once we win this division, once we wrap this thing up. That's what we're going to be looking forward to in the postseason. And as far as biggest losers go, you don't have to look any much further than the team that dealt Mike Miner, the Texas Rangers. They did not trade their star, Lance Lynn, whose contract ends at the end of the 2021 year who right now is probably the most valuable he has been in his career as a top five pitcher in the American League, he could have gotten traded and gone to a team that was a contender and would have given a large haul for him. You know the market was there because the Padres made the deal for Mike Clevenger. And what makes the Rangers such big losers is the fact that They had a guy who was just as good as Mike Clevenger is, but did not have the -the off-the-field issues that Mike Clevenger had. And yet Mike Clevenger was the one who got the big haul, and Lance Lynn is the one who's going to stay on the team that is the worst team in the American League. How do you let that happen if you're general manager John Daniels? The Rangers just blew a ton of money on a new stadium, They do not have the payroll right now, the money to add significant payroll to make them competitors in 2021. And if you keep Lance Lynn on your team, then you are just wasting that potential return that you could have gotten from a deadline. And right now, this is a seller's market here in 2020 with so many teams in playoff contention. It's really mind-blowing that he did not get traded. It's really disappointing for the Rangers that they were only able to trade Mike Miner, Robinson Chirinos, and Todd Frazier, all for very small return. And it's going to be interesting to see if this affects general manager John Daniels' job security. He's been there for just about 10 years at this point and he's had some good teams he's had some really bad teams but he has yet to have a championship team and he keeps making these big deals and they don't pay off ian kinsler prince fielder you know he sold you darvish to the dodgers that didn't really work out and then he got Cole Hamels. That was a good deal, but he didn't win a championship that year. And all these things are starting to mount up for him. You wonder if that's going to affect his job security going forward for Texas, the absolute biggest loser of the deadline, no doubt about it. Speaking of Texas, their new stadium, Globe Life Field, is going to be the host of the NLCS, NLDS, and the World Series here in 2020. There's pretty much no benefit in hosting it if you are Texas, but I have a feeling that there are perhaps some under-the-table negotiations happening between Major League Baseball and the Texas Rangers that the Rangers, for hosting it in a brand new park, uh, they get the benefit of perhaps hosting an All-Star game coming up, so look for the Rangers to host the next unannounced all-star game. I believe that will be 2022 or 2023. And I think that it will make for an interesting sight to see teams from one league play in venues of another league during their interleague playoffs. So look for that going forward. Um, No one's going to have the opportunity to play in their home ballpark. And it's going to make for a very interesting postseason to say the least. We've all known coming for coming from the very beginning that it was going to be weird, but we now know at least what it will look like from a geographic standpoint. All right, and it is postseason crunch time, which means it's time to talk about who is going to make the postseason in the American League. The prediction is really easy. We pretty much have our eight teams. The only team that's on the outside looking in that has a shot is Seattle catching Houston, but I really don't see it happening. I think the Astros are going to hang on to that second spot, so those are going to be the eight teams right there that are in the standings right now. As far as seeding goes, I do really like Tampa Bay or Oakland to take that first seed away from the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox have the toughest competition for the division right now which is probably going to cost them some losses while the Rays and the A's don't really have the competition to put up with and they can really focus on getting those easier wins and getting into that number one overall slot it is an important slot because you'd much rather play either Toronto or Cleveland than you would New York or Houston so Very important to get that number one seed. I like either Tampa Bay or Oakland to get that number one seed. I think that Oakland has the least competition going forward, so I will stick and say Oakland will get that number one seed, Tampa Bay number two, and I think Chicago will slip all the way to three. On the National League side, predicting what's going to happen gets a little more tricky. I think we have our three division leaders. I think the Dodgers, the Cubs, and the Braves are all three going to win their divisions. Padres are definitely getting that number one, number two seed uh, and the number one seed out of the second place finishers in the National League. So definitely expect them to be at number four overall. But everyone else, it's pretty much up for grabs. Miami could slip and not make the playoffs. St. Louis could definitely slip and not make the playoffs with the Reds and the Brewers still right on their heels. The Phillies obviously could move up on the Marlins. You definitely know that either the Marlins or the Phillies will make it. And considering the Phillies don't play the Marlins again, I have faith that the Marlins will hold on to that number two spot in the NL East. So I think I think I can safely say that the Marlins are going to make the playoffs. Obviously, it is the Marlins. We all kind of expected them to fall off at some point, and they did uh, from their initial burst, but I think they're probably going to hold on. They do have some tough competition coming up, and they do have more games to play than other teams do, still making up a lot of those games that they missed early on in the season. So the potential is there, Um, but I have a feeling that the Marlins are going to make it. As far as that last seed goes, San Francisco... I don't know. San Francisco feels like a really pesky team that is destined to slip in. It's destined to slip into that that last slot. So I will predict that San Francisco will make it. Cincinnati could potentially catch St. Louis. I think that's a possibility, especially with that pitching staff, that Cincinnati catches St. Louis and slips in. But don't be surprised if St. Louis holds on too. The Reds have just been too disappointing this year to bet on that. So looking at the National League side, a lot still up for grabs. We do have some certainty so far, but it's pretty 50-50 whether you are destined to go or not destined to go, at least as I see it right now. Well, I had a lot to make up. I I have missed being able to record and share My thoughts and my observations on the game with all of you. But thank you for listening. We've gone a little over our 20 minute goal for the fourth express line here. We'll try to come back sooner next time um, before the playoffs starts and get in uh, our predictions for the 2020 playoffs, which are bound to be the craziest of all Major League Baseball playoffs all time. Buckle your seatbelts, it's going to get really fun. I'm Ryan Walker. Thank you for listening to the Ryan Express. We'll see you next time.